Hello, podcast and or Frasier fan. Welcome to I'm Listening, a podcast that only just now I'm realizing should have been called You're Listening. Mm -hmm. Because, dear listener, you are the one listening Hey, the man, podcast. it's not too late. <laughs> anyway, this is I'm Listening, a podcast about the hit NBC show, Frasier. I'm one of your hosts, Nicholas Tristan, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Laura Lebo. Howdy, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well. Are you doing quite well because you're so stoked that you get to do a podcast about the hit NBC sitcom, Frasier? I, I drove over here past the speed limit. <laughs> In anticipation. Um, I don't condone it, but sometimes but you got to get somewhere you, quick. Yeah, sometimes you got to, you know, get where you're going to so you can record mm-hmm. a podcast about Frasier. And where you end up is not particularly important, which is one of the themes in this week's episode of <laughs> Frasier. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, Laura and I are uh, going to be talking about uh, a different episode of Frasier every uh, every episode. Um, we're starting here, uh, I think, Pretty natural starting point. We're starting with the pilot uh, entitled The Good Son. But uh, in addition to this, I think we're also kind of going to be talking about, you know, the history of the hit television show, Frasier, and our our history as well. Yeah, Yeah, we'll talk about some of the bigger themes and Mm -hmm. how we both got into it. Uh, It's a cool, it's a really, really good pilot because it pretty much introduces the characters exactly as they will be for the rest of the series right off the bat. Yeah, there's only, like, I, I would say there's one thing, and I would, well, I'll reveal that <laughs> at a very dramatic moment. Okay. <laughs> but uh, there's only one thing that I was like, oh, right, like, I forgot about this. Mm. So, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, and we'll, you know, get into that with the history and stuff. But, yeah, this is a, just spoiler alert, uh, dear listener, this is an incredibly well-realized pilot. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just, they knew going in, they were like, this is what the hit television series <laughs> Frasier is going to be. Yeah. Well, they had the advantage of having Frasier fully developed, so you can kind of develop his family around him. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's a, a good uh, starting point, is uh, literally the history of the the show Frasier. So Frasier Crane, as a character, uh, is not an original character to the show Frasier. He was originally on the NBC, the hit NBC show (laughs) Cheers, uh, which takes place in uh, Boston at a Boston bar. And he was sort of a snooty intellectual psychiatrist who was introduced, I believe, as a love interest for Shelley Long's character, Diane. Someone who's kind of like a male version of her. Have you watched any Cheers? No, but I looked into Frasier's role Mm -hmm. (laughs) on Cheers. Uh, Cheers is really fucking good, too, but Oh, yeah, you watched it? Yeah. yeah, Okay. Big, All of it? Yeah. yeah okay. I'm a big, big Cheers fan. Um, but yeah, so on Frasier, uh, or on Cheers, uh, Frasier Crane was sort of a side character, but very popular, very well liked. Is that right? Yeah. I, th- I mean, I guess I thought within the world of Cheers and the bar, he was kind of initially oh. not well liked. Oh, then, oh, no, no, no. But I, the audience I mean, at I mean, large is like, he was, a breakout, yeah, yeah. he was a breakout character. Like, uh, America fell in love with Kelsey Grammer. I did not know that. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, yeah. And so uh, NBC approached. Um, sort of as, like, uh, Cheers mania was uh, uh, at its peak because it was ending. It was uh, very similar to kind of how Seinfeld or Friends or some of these other shows ended where even if you hadn't been watching for a while, you kind of, like, jumped back in to see the end. Mm-hmm. So uh, NBC wanted to capitalize on that with a spinoff. And uh, they had the idea of developing a show with uh, Kelsey Grammer and some of the writers on Cheers. And they they brought this idea, and Kelsey Grammer said, absolutely not. 
I really? do not want to play Frasier anymore. Really? I don't want to. I, he was afraid of being typecast. Oh, boy. Buckle up, buddy. You got 11 more years ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, with, with the writers of this uh, this episode, um, the creators of the show, David Angel, Peter Casey, uh, David Lee, James Burroughs, uh, these sort of developing producers, uh, they came up with a new idea, a totally original idea, where he would play a New York, pub, a high-powered New York uh, publisher who gets in a terrible accident and is uh, paralyzed from the waist down. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought you were going to say gets into a terrible accident and develops, like, amnesia that makes him think he's Frasier. Like, they still <laughs> make him play Frasier. But he's technically a different character. <laughs> that that would have been a much better workaround. But uh, And then he was... Uh, so he has to run his, like, publishing business from his uh, Manhattan penthouse apartment. And... Uh, he gets a sassy Latina nurse, ideally Rosie Perez, <laughs> to, uh, they literally said that, that they want Rosie Perez to take care of him. Oh, and she kind of like makes him uh, more human, like brings up the humanity in him. And so some of the, some elements of that were kept, like the, mm-hmm. the beautiful apartment, uh, the like fancy urban sophisticate lifestyle, and obviously the sassy nurse, I guess. Or, or like an injured yeah. person needing a nurse who becomes like family eventually. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but uh, they brought this to NBC and NBC was like, absolutely not. It's Frasier <laughs> or nothing. So, <laughs> so they went with it. And uh, um, the show uh, was, and they, but they were like, okay, the uh, the way we'll get around kind of like shitty spinoff stuff is moving it to a different city. Ooh, so yeah. uh, they were like, if we put it in, uh, if we keep it in Boston, then it's going to be like, well, have Norm show up this episode. Have uh, uh, Sam show up this episode. Have whatever Kirstie Alley's character <laughs> name character. was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but And all these characters did end up, actors did mm-hmm, end up showing mm-hmm. up, but they didn't want them right away. Yeah. They didn't want, they wanted separation. So they, of course, chose this great city of Denver. <laughs> Denver, wow. Denver was the original pick. I did not know there was this... Uh, Torrid history. Yeah, I, I read. Yeah, I was doing some research on it today, and I was like, "Wow!" But uh, at when the show was being developed, uh, Colorado had just passed a, a very like strong anti-gay law, mm-hmm. and uh, David Angel, one of the shows, or no, David Lee, one of the shows uh, developing producers, gay. <clears throat> uh, they were always uh, Fraser always had a surprisingly large number of gay writers on staff, uh, cool. so they were just like, "No, nah, no, nah, we're not doing this." So it got moved to Seattle. Right on. Yeah, uh, but they kept. The, uh, conceptually, and then this is where they kind of came up with the idea of, oh, what if it's like a father-son sing? What if that's the main dynamic of the show? Um, that is the crux of the show. I it, mean, at, at least initially, yeah. Uh, like, uh, like watching first season stuff, you really see the relationship between Fraser and Martin mm-hmm. being really central and really well developed. It's it's what I like about it. Like I perhaps I watched a lot of Friends growing up and mm-hmm. uh, Seinfeld, the hangout shows, yeah, the hangout shows, Friendship, and I. I only we'll get into the history, but I I recently watched Frasier. I got through the whole thing in like the past year. Yeah, and I feel like I just had Friends and uh, Seinfeld sort of stuck in my brain, and it was just like very exciting to see a family dynamic. Yeah, you know, those shows are always like, well, your friends are your family, but it's not the same kind <laughs> of drama and intensity and like aggressive shared history. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's my favorite part of the show. Yeah, um, early yeah early on, uh, they when they were developing it, uh, they also looked at it being a workplace thing. So they were like, oh, he could be a radio psychiatrist, which obviously they kept, and he works with a bunch of wacky uh, but lovable um, uh, people at uh, the radio station. 
uh, as and in this interview with uh, the writer I was reading, he was like, "It's like, yeah, networks love wacky yet lovable. It's like, do not <laughs> under any circumstance uh, pitch stern yet terrible." <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, uh, in many ways, Niles is stern and, and terrible. terrible, but he's wacky, oh, wacky and, and lovable. So God. it's just you got to get it all in there, David. So yeah, so this uh, is uh, episode one hundred one, one uh, season one, episode one, uh, "The Good Son." It aired September sixteenth, nineteen ninety three. It was written by the aforementioned David Angel, Peter Casey, and David Lee, and was directed by Cheers uh, co-creator James. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, question. Are Frasier and Cheers tonally sort of similar? No. And that's a really good question. Sort of. Cheers uh, Cheers is a hangout show, for sure, with some some elements that made it over to Frasier. But uh, Frasier was developed and designed very much in a way that, like, we're going to aim really high with our jokes. Mm-hmm. Not even intellectually, just kind of, we're going to aim for, like, strong construction, and eventually we will, as we see, this turns into, like, kind of, like, French farce construction, and mm-hmm. so they really, they really want it to feel different than the sitcoms of the time. And Cheers felt really different, too, but Cheers is more people, like, two people having a conversation, then a third person saying, like, that's not what I've heard, and everyone, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yes, kind I of, like, snipey, and, yeah. and, and obviously Frasier has a lot of sniping, too, especially with with Roz and Niles, or, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, a little different in that respect. Yeah, Frasier never over-explained anything. No. Uh, yeah, mm. yeah. It, it was shocking to watch in 2017. Oh, yeah. Like, it really felt... Yeah. Super different. Yeah. So uh, before we get into the show, let's talk a little bit about our history. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so uh, why don't you go first? Sure. So I started watching Frasier about, I guess, eight months ago, about as long as my relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, my boyfriend is a huge Frasier fan, and I must have watched it as a kid once or twice, but it it felt very adult to me when I was a kid. Sure. Didn't understand it. And, you know, I'll be perfectly honest. As a kid, I was really used to Friends. Uh, and I remember watching Frasier and thinking, like, oh, God, these people look normal. Like, they are not that sexy. <laughs> They're not that hot. <laughs> I don't know if I can sit through this. Um, but, my yeah, my boyfriend's a huge fan. And he, I'll pretty much watch anything. Like, if it's someone I like and trust and, and they want me to watch something, I will watch it. Because sure. that's my favorite thing is yeah. when people watch things. I force them to watch. Uh, <laughs> so I started it, season one, episode one. It grabbed me right away, that mm-hmm. that ending that we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I couldn't believe I had never watched it because it's a show about uh, a psychiatrist, mm-hmm. a Freudian, mm-hmm. who has a brother who is also a psychiatrist, a Jungian. My father is a psychiatrist. He's a psycho... An, analyst. He's a Freudian. He has two siblings that are psychiatrists, not psychoanalysts. Um, and my mother's got like a a real, um, why can't I think of the dad's name right now? Martin. Martin vibe. Uh, so oh it, yeah, I could, I could see that. So it really felt like home to me. Yeah. And you have a, a adorable Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish. I wish I had a dog that was as well-trained as Eddie. Um, and that I that took, dog is dead, by the way. Isn't that just like I, I thought oh, about course. that a lot? Oh, I this. I was watching it recently, and I was like, I <laughs> this is how 
obsessed with dogs game. I was like, this isn't Eddie. I was like, this is not the Eddie that I know. <laughs> and my boyfriend was like, who, what? Who cares? Um, and I looked into it, and at that point, Eddie was getting older, and his mm. son replaced him. Whoa. Yeah. But I knew I could sense it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's not alive for sure. <laughs> but he had a better career than most of us. That's true. You know? That's true. Certainly than me. Um, but yeah, and I studied psychology, and they make jokes about psychology. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not afraid to do that. Yeah. Uh, and anyways, I think I burned through it in about maybe three months. I mean, it's, it's all I watched for three months. Um, and then I watched that se- series finale, and I was, like, kind of at a loss for what to do. It was like a, like a, like a friend had passed. Yeah. To a better place. But a friend that, but now but. when you when your TV shows die, unlike your dead friends, mm-hmm. you can go back. That's true. And hang out with them, which is mm-hmm. nice. Uh, so not quite as sad, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it was hard. It was a hard loss for me for mm-hmm. sure. Did you like have a routine? Like you watched it, you and Alex would watch it before bed or? Yeah, we'd watch, we'd watch it before bed quite frequently. I actually was off work for a nice chunk of time while we were watching it. So we'd spend days watching it when it was still summer <laughs> and quite nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, and th- yeah, there summer was Fraser is what 2017 will forever be known as. <laughs> um, it's crazy. Cause there would be these moments like that. We would keep saying like, okay, one more, but like every time we thought there's no way that we would both be okay with another one. Right. Yeah. Like I think the other one always thought the other one might put a stop to it. And be the voice of reason. Uh, and this guy's watched the whole yeah. series. Yeah. He's seen every damn episode, and he watched it, the whole thing with me again. Sure. Testament to Frage. Oh, you yeah. Know? I've never binge-watched it, um, but I could see it being a very bingeable show uh, for a new a newcomer. Or, yeah. you know, someone who's a, a big Frasier fanatic. <laughs> I think it's, it's the farce that gets you, like, not every episode is full of farce, but when you see one that is, you want to watch another one in the hopes that that yeah. one might be just as zany and exciting. Yeah, yeah and I think that's a, another thing about uh, what's different about Frasier is there's really no other sitcom that did, like, tightly written farce like Not Frasier that I'm did. aware of, yeah. Um, maybe a Brit, like, it's a little more British, maybe, like, just like a Faulty Towers or something like that would kind of have that vibe. Yeah, but. I was wondering if, there, if, if Cheers was like that. No, no, I can't think of a single, like, Farce heavy uh, Cheers episode, but there must be one. And and something I'm, like I said when uh, Fraser was introduced, it was kind of like a male Diane, like the Shelley Long character. And I think oh. she w- would have some. She would have plots that could kind of have elements of that, and she okay. had plots that were a little more, uh, a little more Frasery. But uh, now Fraser pretty much emerges as a totally new beast, like as a totally original show. Very cool. Right. Yeah, well, we should say just, like, a lot of mistaken identity, mm-hmm. misunderstandings, oh, yeah. doors shutting and opening. <laughs> a lot and of doors people. shutting and opening. <laughs> and different Coming people in and out. Yeah. And well, God, is it fun to watch. I didn't know I loved that until I watched Frasier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. and because it, it, it can, if just describing it, it can sound kind of hacky. It can sound yeah. kind of hack, but then you see it done really well. Yeah. And you're just like, what? Like, uh, my... um. Uh, my writing partner, uh, Matt, who, do you know Matt? <laughs> Famels, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, he, uh, he has not seen Frasier and he <clears throat> finds it very baffling that we're such huge fans. Really? Yeah, but I'm like, man, like when you watch it, because he's seen like a few episodes here and there mm-hmm. and he's like, mm, it just doesn't seem that fun. Yeah. It's like, man, like it is 
just so fucking well written. Yep. It's like, tight as hell. Like, yeah. we're, we're both comedy writers, and you just have to admire the insane craft that goes into it. Yeah. Everything tying in together, which Seinfeld did really well, too. But sure, sure. In a very different Another way. really well-written show. Of course. But yeah. Frasier does it more acutely, like, in mm-hmm. a given scene. Just so much is happening. And I think if you're not used to it, it might feel a bit off-putting, but, like, if you just accept the heightened reality, which is what we watch shows for, totally, then uh, you can get behind it. My sister's sort of like that too. She cannot understand. Yeah, why I enjoy it. Yeah, and uh, we can talk a little bit uh, a little later about like people how and people perceive Fraser and how it's kind of changed, maybe why we're doing this podcast. But uh, uh, my background was uh, the sweet Fraser is. Uh, uh, like like your boyfriend, I uh, was a huge Frasier fan as a kid. Um, I grew up in a very, I grew up very much primed to be a Frasier fan. Like uh, my parents were both librarians. Uh, it was a very like literary household. Very like I had a very esoteric childhood. I was actually just nice. talking about uh, this with my therapist the other day. I was like, she's like, what was your like? What, what were you like as a child? I was like, I was a very like sensitive intellectual child. No. <laughs> so I know, I know, right? Like if you know me, it's like, well, it's not surprising. It's but the least um, surprising thing I've ever yeah. heard. <laughs> so uh so I loved Frasier and how I got to really, really know Frasier uh in the days before DVDs or streaming or or what have you was uh we didn't have cable growing up. Uh so I had three channels in uh Red Deer Alberta and one channel had a syndication block uh that was uh starting at six o'clock. There were two episodes of The Simpsons an episode of Friends and an episode of Frasier. Sweet. Every single night. So I and I would watch that block with my family. All of it. All of it. Okay. And like that is obviously a huge, huge influence on who I've become. Like Simpsons is my favorite TV show of all time. And uh, or Friends I liked as a kid. It has really not held up for nope. me. I, I tried watching it. I really can't stand it now. Uh, but Frasier I loved as a kid. And... My peers did not care for it particularly. Other kids didn't like Frasier. Yeah. It's not a children's show. It's really not. Unless you're you, yeah. I think. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. It's for the sensitive souls. Yeah. And to be honest, it does require a certain level of intelligence. Sure. A uh, lot of lot of references. Yep. A lot of... To, like, high art that exactly. children don't consume. Totally, yeah. totally. Um, and so that... Was and and obviously I'm not going to pretend I got all the references, but I think I w- I was a, I recognized they were references and I was like ah yeah well that's something that Frasier does well like um they can make jokes about they make a lot of opera jokes uh-huh. that I don't understand yeah. Yeah. like I don't know who they're referring to but you don't need to at all mm-hmm. right you understand like this person they're referring to is uh, well is renowned and that's why this is funny, you know? Yeah, like Absolutely. It yeah. just it's just more for character development than to like show that they're intelligent. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh that that that's big, right? Like and that that goes to show like how strong the writing is too, where like you and I think Simpsons was a show that did this really well too. Like there are tons and tons and tons and tons of crazy esoteric references in The Simpsons, but they're so good at delivering them in a way where you still get the joke, even if you don't get the reference. Yes. Which is good, because uh, you want to understand the joke, and you want to not feel like a fucking idiot. Exactly. So even though Frasier is a very, you know, quote-unquote intelligent or highbrow mm-hmm. show, it really still functions in a more utilitarian way, where people can still get that it's funny. 
for sure. And then, of course, there's a lot of, you know, sex and, sure. and like, kibitzing jokes with uh, yeah. Roz and Niles. Um, I mean, it is it is for everybody in a certain sense. I'm so surprised, though, that Frasier was a breakout character yeah. on Cheers. And not to be this person, but... The America I know and love today <laughs> feels like a different place than a place that would have welcomed Fraser wholeheartedly as, like, you know, an everyman. Sure. And I, I think it was because on Cheers 2, the show was a— Cheers 2? Re- Cheers 2. <laughs> Cheers 2, the next generation. Frasier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what the show is called. Cheers 2. Um, uh I think a lot of the humor on Cheers came from, like, Boston blue-collar people, like, tearing him down a peg. Yeah. Yes, and Frasier does that well, well as oh, well. Oh, totally. They, like, that's such a great thing that we'll see again and again on, on uh, various episodes is bringing in blue-collar characters or characters that don't come from Frasier's background uh, and just, like, the natural tension that comes from that. Yeah. Well, that was an... I don't know if we'll get into this right now, but I had wanted to mention, like, um, com- a lot of comedians really love Frasier. Yeah, let, let's talk about this. So let's... Uh, um, uh, actually, why don't we take a short, sure, short I could pee. break? Yeah, didn't have to yeah. tell you. I mean, but it, it felt it's like fine. I Yeah, uh, you can pee. I uh, I've been drinking the world's grossest beer, so I'm going to get a better. <laughs> it's beer. abrasive, but it's he's very drinking abrasive. It. Uh, but I'm drinking it. Uh, so uh, let's take a little break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about uh, kind of why we're doing this podcast now in the year of our Lord 2018, <laughs> uh, rather than you know when we were podcasting in the mid mid 2000s. <laughs> Wait, the year of our Lord and Fraser. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, okay. perfect. We'll talk about why we're doing the podcast, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the pilot itself. Right. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back soon after uh, these messages. This program is brought to you by Siphon. Siphon are the makers of the free, open-source circumvention software trusted by millions around the world. For 10 years running, Siphon has kept people connected to the open Internet to the content that matters, and to each other. Siphon's the best. So get started today at Siphon.ca. Siphon. Beyond Borders. Welcome back to what we've established is you're listening. (laughs) I think it's I'm listening. I'm listening. I think we're going to keep that, and it'll be a fun joke. Okay. It's funny because there's also two of us, but each week one of us will get to say it. Or... No, let's hash this out right now. Okay. I'm listening. You're listening. I think you're listening I really think, works. I think you're listening really works too. I think it's it makes more sense. Yeah. Um. You're listening. Also, let's explain. It's called that because Frazier, uh, on his radio show, whenever he answers a call, says. I'm listening in a very mm-hmm. beautiful, soothing Stenorian, Kelsey yeah. Grammarish tone. Yeah. Uh, so we're back. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, something I'd mentioned before the break, just uh, the idea that a lot of comedians, stand-up comics that I know are huge Frasier fans. Mm-hmm. But um, I saw a comedian post recently uh, something to the effect of, I don't get the Frasier hype, which is pretty innocuous because yeah. people post racism, you know? <laughs> but, oh my. I don't get the the Aber- uh, Azerbaijan hype, for instance. Yes. People say that all the time. It's, it's fine. It's, um, yeah, it was like he pulled a shotgun. It was like the shot heard ran the world. Yeah. People got real mad. Uh, and uh, then a bunch of, you know, a bunch of people came in saying, 
defending Frazier. Then a bunch of people on the other side came in saying, no, this guy's right. Uh, Frasier is a show for rich white people, mm-hmm. which is true. true. Which is true. true. Can both be true? Mm-hmm. I think they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like it lit up. And like I, I never follow Flame Wars. They're super stupid, but I was invested. <laughs> sure. Were you were you contributing? No. Oh no, I was contributing. I forgot this. This is what I did. I I tagged Kelsey Grammer <laughs> <laughs> in the hopes. I don't know. I just thought it was funny, but also like. <laughs> Could have been cool if he was involved. Um, like, first of all, how dare you? <laughs> Second of all, I'm listening. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, some of the points were just like that the jokes are at the expense of these wealthy white uh, snobs. Sure, yeah. And and you know what? The show was a mega fucking hit. Yeah, someone likes aired. enough people like yeah, it. Yeah, like it was... Uh, extremely popular yeah. among all kinds of demographics. It wasn't just rich white people. It was also, what's cool is it was a show, oh, this is going to make me sound young, but it was a show about older people to a certain extent. Sure, uh, yeah. You know, like not old, but even, I mean, Martin's not meant to be, what, less than... He's in his late 60s. Yeah. They refer to him as, a, he's still, a, they say he's still a young man in the episode, mm-hmm. meaning that he's not, like, it would be weird for him to go to a, uh, and we'll get into this, because it, it's a part of the episode, but yeah. to him going to a, a convalescent home. Right. Um, and then Fraser and Niles are not, they're not in their mid-20s, you know, not like Yeah, friends. I would say, like, late, late 30s at the youngest. Yeah. Uh, fun to watch their hairlines recede over the oh, series. Oh, yeah, no. Good uh, time. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, I was like, wow, he... He's got ha- some hair here. <laughs> yeah. And David Hyde Pierce actually has quite quite a... He's got good, a flow. Yeah. And then uh, Kelsey Grammer made the mistake of keeping, you know, keeping his hair kind of long once his hairline was receding. Mm-hmm. And then he he gets a haircut at some point in the series. And, and it looks quite good, I would everything. say. It looks yeah. great. Like, the uh, early Fraser hair is not a style I'm very into. Not at all. And it no. kind of gives him a... Oh, God, this isn't fair. It Do gives it. him a creepy vibe. Well, Kelsey Grammer has a penchant for dating very young women. See, that's something that I try I try so hard to separate Kelsey out from Frasier for a number of reasons. One being, uh, read from this what you will, uh, Frasier reminds me of my dad. Sure, uh, yeah. And it's upset. I like to think of him as sort of just a pure character well, who... I, I, I'm, I'm a Jungian, not a Freudian, so I don't read anything <laughs> into that. <laughs> Good, I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wanted to think of him as like a... Kind of a moral person, which not that Kelsey Grammer's not. Yeah, but I mean, he Kelsey Grammer, and this is one of the really funny things about the show is Kelsey Grammer is a motorcycle driving. Right. Uh, I don't. I, I mean, he went through rehab. I, I don't want to say he's like a still an alcoholic and a, a, a coke fiend, but he's he had he had pr- really problems with yeah. that in the past. Uh, dating much younger women. He's a conservative Republican. Wowza. Yeah, and uh, John Mahoney <laughs> yeah. is uh, uh, intensely private, right. very like uh, meticulous um, British gay man. Yeah. And my boyfriend told me that, and it, yeah. I loved it and, so and much. My apologies, if John, John, if you're listening to this, I'm I'm sorry. I know he's not technically out, but he's oh. it's it is very known. Like David Hyde Pierce is out. Yes, like he's married. He, you know, yeah. Comedians, and I've noticed this on Twitter as well. Like a lot of uh, stand-ups fucking love Frasier and talk mm-hmm. about Frasier all the fucking time yeah. on Twitter. Uh, and it's, I think a lot of people kind of have found Frasier on streaming services mm-hmm. recently. Like mm-hmm. it's, uh, 
it, it's been on American Netflix for a while. It's on uh, Crave TV uh, uh, here in Canada. Shout out to Crave, one of our sponsors. <laughs> no, it's really not, but we did we did watch the episode on Crave. <laughs> one of our many, many sponsors. One of our many, many sponsors. And I will continue uh, watching on Crave. Crave TV, their web app is almost unusable. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think Comics Love Frasier... Uh, well, first of all, I'll tell you why I like it, and I'm a comedian, so let's just, you know, deduce that. But uh, it's very clever, but also, like, it's very earnest, uh, especially when you're talking about these days shows are, like, I don't know, a little up their own asses, a little too, like, self-aware. Uh-huh, a little uh, meta, a little maybe irony poisoned a yeah, little bit. Yeah, and the like. characters aren't clever, like, um, necessarily, you know? Like, you know, I think... Uh, Although I'm not a fan, I think Gilmore Girls is a good example mm-hmm. of just characters that the jokes are not necessarily at their expense. They're making good jokes because they're clever characters. Mm-hmm. I think people are like a little afraid to do that these days because everything has to be so sort of like detached. Detached. Yeah. Um, but it's really refreshing to watch a show that just um, makes, you know, classic jokes and the jokes are made by the characters. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like the humor is derived from obviously situational stuff. It's a situational comedy, but also a lot of the humor is derived by these being very witty people. Mm-hmm. Like all of them, like uh, I would say Daphne the least <clears throat> yeah. early on. And then they sort of start giving her some like more. She, she gets more cutting probably by being I, around all these yeah, fucking assholes. I wrote but, that down. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, because uh, uh, all the kids love Frasier now, we saw this would be because it's, you know, like teens love fucking uh what, what did the teens love now, Laura? Uh, other teens. Yeah, other teens. Um, uh, skipping some school. Adults. Yeah. Uh, Tide pods. I was going to say Tide pods. Which, I was like, like, was that too hacky? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, both we're, we're both like, not yeah. particularly hacky, but we yeah. both we both went, went for it. Uh, that probably means we are pretty hacky. I guess so, and it is well, happening. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, people are dying, so why not? <laughs> um, but, but the other thing... Uh, the teens love is Frasier. So we're doing this just for that, like the bite at that uh, apple of relevancy. So uh, here we are talking about hit show from fr- <laughs> that went off the air. What? <sighs> 14 years ago. What did it end? 2003? 2004, four? I think. So 14 it's years been a ago. Hot minute for yeah. Sure. Uh, and so here we are talking about Frasier. So why don't we jump into it? Let's, Let's do it. talk about motherfucking Frasier. Friggin' Frasier. Season one, episode one. We <laughs> yeah. dive in. Uh, Frasier is we we enter we uh, meet him at his radio show. Mm-hmm. He's taking a caller, and this is one thing that's cool about Frasier in general is like they can afford to do some natural exposition because of him being a radio host, like a radio yeah. psychiatrist. People can call in; he can pull from his own life to help them. Yeah, uh, and from the outset of this episode, we like. I think they explain everything you'd kind of need to know yeah. in, like, two minutes. Yeah, and it is – I was watching this, I was like, this is not elegant, but it works. It works. Like, he's just like, let l- l- let me explain this to you, caller. Here's what happened in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I left Boston, and I – like, my wife left me, and blah, and just like – and then I left my wife, and he just, like, goes on, and she just explains every single thing you need to know about the show, and – uh, we've both written a, f- a fair number of pilots, uh, and I know we've 
because we've written some together and we've had these like conversations about how do you get this exposition out? Cause mm-hmm. you have to, yeah. you just have to yeah. like, unless you're the wire, you can't just start in media res. Like you have to get something, especially on a sitcom, you have yeah. to get it established. In episode one, of course. Yeah. And, um, and as, and the earlier, the better, honestly. Yeah. And this is legitimately the first two minutes. Yeah. Uh, and you get, I mean, you get a pretty good sense of Frasier in those two minutes. And then pretty much minute three, you get a great sense of Roz. Yeah. Um, Roz is <laughs> Frasier's acerbic yet lovable producer. Yeah, and uh, I just give a shout out to... Uh, uh, Perry Gilpin. Perry Gilpin, who is so fucking good. I fucking good. love her. She's a good, uh, good Twitter follow, by is the way. Is she? Yeah, God, that delightful. makes me happy. Yeah. I, I've talked about this before, but I want to write a Roz spinoff. Oh my god! <laughs> like, like what's, what's Roz up to all these years later? I just and it's I think it's a testament to Per Gilpin. Like she, the character is good, but God, I just want to watch her more. Do you know who uh, auditioned and was about to be Lisa cast? Kudrow? Lisa Kudrow. Yes. Yeah, and then they were so like, funny. Lisa Kudrow couldn't be assertive enough, which is yep. super funny if you've seen like the comeback and basically every or web therapy and everything Lisa Kudrow's done since Friends. Yeah, she but, can super and, pull and it Friends off. too. But I mean, but, both of them are brilliant, but it would have gone think, a different direction. Yeah, and I mean, Lisa Kudrow in the comeback at, or any anytime Lisa Kudrow is being assertive, it's got a bit more, like, coldness and an edge. Like, Perry mm-hmm. Gilpin can be so warm and sweet. I would think in large part due to her voice. Yeah. It's very sexy and husky, mm-hmm. uh, but still be, like, super um, assertive and dominant and doesn't take any bullshit from old phrase. Oh, no, no. So, uh, yeah, and then you get... And literally, basically, Roz's first joke of the show is uh, Fraser's trying to explain his uh, his own life and his own struggles, and uh, he's been cut off by a commercial. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing. You also get, like, a pretty good sense of Roz's job, too. They really take Roz's job seriously. Yeah. Like, what does a producer on a radio sh- call-in radio show do? Yeah. And I think I, I've now I'm going to forget what she said. But again, within the first five minutes, she basically explains everything that he's done wrong. Oh yeah, that was great. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, I hope we don't do any of that on our podcast later Hey-o. today. Uh, we don't have a Roz. Uh, we yet. have we have uh, Engineer Tom. That's true, Engineer Tom. And he's he's doing a great. He seemed job. a little nicer than than Roz. <laughs> but he does have a sexy husky voice too. That's so. true. <laughs> um, yeah, and and when she explains to him what he's done wrong, she thusly explains what she needs to do, why she's there. Otherwise, it could fit. There's a few times in this series where I'm like, you know, there'll, there'll be a time where it's like, oh, I can't produce. Can you produce for uh, Frasier? And you're, and it's like, no, I can't produce for Frasier. Like, it, it's sort of like, what is it? Do you really need to have a specific producing skill to, like, produce for one radio person? But, yeah, um, yeah they give you a pretty good sense of what she's up to. Yeah. Yeah, so I, it's such a good intro to these characters. Like, it is, uh, I just was watching this scene, and I was just, like, awestruck. I was like, damn, like, what a good way to start the show. Mm-hmm. And then from here, we move on, and the, oh, the title cards, which, by the way, we just have to talk about the title cards on Frasier. Yes. Because those are fucking great. Yeah, they're amazing. Just, That's the only time they get sort of meta sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, but they still, they pulled off very well. So many great jokes in there. Uh, lots of fun meta stuff, but it's never obtrusive. But yeah, but it just, so he mentions that he has a brother who mm-hmm. drives him crazy. And then we get the title card that just says, the brother. <laughs> I didn't and notice. what an intro to David Hyde Pierce as Niles. Like, like 
oh, he's just, he's prattling. I don't even remember what he's, oh yeah, it's his fight with his gardener. Right. Uh, I don't remember what he says. He's being a huge he's dick, being kind charmingly. Of, yeah, kind of racist. Yeah. And, uh, but he says, uh, he, uh, so the guy starts pulling up the, the flowers from the flower bed. He's like, of course I wouldn't stand for that. So I walked straight into That's my right. study and closed That's the door right. till he calmed oh, down. Oh yeah, you got a real good sense of him right away. And then he, uh, as he's enters in the coffee shop, the Cafe Nervosa, which we'll talk a little bit about, but, um, uh, yeah, but uh, as he's sitting down, they get their uh, get their coffees. As he's sitting down, he takes out a napkin and just brushes Holy the shit. dust off the they table. They pack so much in like so few minutes. Yeah, and that just that's and that's the kind of thing. And this was decided at the rehearsal stage. This mm-hmm. was the director James Burroughs' idea. Like that's the kind of shit you don't write. That's yeah. the kind of shit that kind of ha- comes when you have when it's cast and when yeah. the show is yeah. in production, but. I generally really like the way they handle Niles' OCD. Like, I think mm-hmm. it has a real impact on his life. Uh, and it's not just... It's mostly paid, played for laughs, although you understand that this is a neurotic person who ha- it has dealt with neuroses his whole life and it's yeah. affected everything in his personal yeah. life. Yeah, he's, he's an extremely neurotic guy. Yeah. Um, and God, David goddamn Hyde Pierce. Like, he, it, he bursts onto any scene... He's, I, I heard somewhere that he, the way he like plays Niles is by sort of singing a song. Like he has a certain rhythm in which Niles does and delivers everything. And I don't remember what it was, but mm-hmm. it's, you know, something like, da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. and he plays that in his head and that's how he delivers everything. Uh, he's a, David Hyde Pierce is a, uh, primarily a stage actor and yeah. he really brings that kind of like stagey intensity to the role. Uh, I mean, Kelsey Grammer started out in stage two <clears> and John Mahoney is a stage actor as well. So they all, they all do have this like really, and I really I don't want to slam TV actors because obviously being a TV actor is fucking hard. Mm-hmm. But you can really tell that these are all very crafty based people. Yeah. Like they're really into. Uh, but uh, just on a little uh, tangent here, sidebar: Kelsey Kramer uh, is he has a method. It's I can't remember what it's called. I wish I had uh, written a note about this, but he doesn't rehearse. Okay. Because he wants to like he'll do the table read and stuff obviously but he will rehearse one time before the show like normally for a sitcom you rehearse and i think this is one of the reasons why sitcoms often sound and feel the way they do is you rehearse uh six times without an audience and then like four or five times with the audience yeah it would start to feel a little contrived it's a little contrived little stale and so and uh uh david lee uh in this interview said uh I i was like crying with terror Earned the first season because I was like, he's gonna fuck up. Like, <laughs> oh my god, because they're shooting this in front of a live audience, yeah. Like, you have only so many takes you can do. I like that they still worked around him, but what are you gonna do? But he was like, he never screwed up, yeah. Like, uh, he was so good, and it and it's and you really do see it. Was it's like Frazier's of uh, Kelsey Grammer playing Frazier is very natural, mm-hmm. he feels very natural, very naturalistic. Like, they said it, it sounds like he's it looks like he's coming up with these lines on the spot, yeah. Almost yeah. like he's improvising. Wow. I guess, yeah, stage actors can memorize in a way that yeah. TV actors cannot. He would literally memorize between the rehearsal and uh, 
and and the taping. That gives me that gives me deep anxiety. I could never do that. I recently, not to go on a tangent about myself, but I did a, a show and it was like a sketch show, and I never do sketch. You did a sketch show. I had to. It was a rap, <laughs> like a <laughs> like a quote unquote rap. What the fuck is this, Laura? <laughs> it's this thing called rap battles. Oh, you and um, you did mention it this was actually. Super fun, but I had to memorize a rap, and I I'm not joking. I. Went catatonic for about half an hour before. Like, I do not remember talking to people that I know I spoke to. I almost puked a few times. Like, yeah. it to be able to, you know, go perform in front of a bunch of people and just have memorized something or done it one time without being nervous is unbelievable. You have to, like, pretty much embody the character entirely because it's, like, at that point, Frazier is the one who fucks up and not Kelsey Grammer. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, this is sort of another tangent, but... Just talking about Kelsey Grammer and his oddities reminded me. <laughs> uh, I read this interview, obviously, where all the cast members talk about Eddie, like the the, yeah. the dog that plays Eddie. Yeah. Because uh, I just wanted to see if they said cute things about him. Uh, and they all, of course, because he's a little doggy and they're real humans, are, you know, being like, oh, he's so sweet. He's a great little actor. Kelsey Grammer is like, well, he's a dog, and I, I guess he knows when to sit and stuff, but by no means is he an actor. Like, he got super defensive. <laughs> and, and I believe that he did not say, uh, by no means he's, is he an actor. I believe he said, by no means is he an actor. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kelsey Grammer, uh, though, uh, uh, to his credit, uh, the producers of the show, the writers of the show, directors of the show, the rest of the cast of yeah. the show, to this day, speak, highly of him. speak yeah. very highly of him. Mm-hmm. He was very separate from the rest of the show. Yeah. They ended up building a bar uh, on set in the green room so that the cast and uh, <gasps> writers and crew could all drink together. Yeah. And Kelsey never went one time. Interesting. But like, yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about this on, on other shows. Um, uh, like, because quite often this bar comes up in, uh, you know, the behind the scenes stuff on on Frasier, which is really oh, cool, really fun. And yeah, they all became very close. Uh, uh, Perry Gilpin, uh, Gilpin and uh, uh, Jane Leaves, who plays. Oh, they're still best friends. They're still yeah. really close. And they start a production company together. Stop it. Yeah. I think they, I don't know if they still do, but they live next door to each other for a while. Their yep. kids like grew up together. Yep. That's so. what every dumb sitcom fan, me, Hopes in a sitcom. It's the question people always get asked. Yeah. Are you guys really best friends in real life? Yeah. And it's funny because Roz and and, uh, Daphne never really. They don't. And that is one of my qualms with this show Mm -hmm. is um, the Bechdel test is mm, uh, failed often. I would say the show, despite having two very strong female characters, is not a particularly feminist show. Mm, Certainly not in the way that. Niles and other characters speak to Roz, uh, yeah. and just in the rela- the female relationships within the show yeah, are it, a little lacking. Yeah, I I, I, I find it very. Uh, I don't. It's just it's a little nineties hacky when it comes to women. Yep. Honestly, yeah, a little bit. I it's mean, weaker. It, it would make sense that you know uh, Daphne, who is the physical therapist uh, that works for well, Martin, we should say, <laughs> uh, and Roz, who works at the radio station with Fraser, it makes sense that they wouldn't cross paths until a little bit later. But once they do, there were so many opportunities for like zany gal stuff that sure. they kind of missed. Yeah, um, and there's and there uh, well there I was going to say there are no great female side characters, but I couldn't be BB. more wrong. BB, yeah. Lilith comes back oh, at yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. time. Like yeah, no. Oh, Obviously, BB's, BB's the best. I'm so excited to talk about her. Oh, I'm man. sure. I'm sure she'll be in one of our first. 100. We'll find so. a BB one. Uh, but yeah. So uh, moving on. For, so uh, in this. Oh, sorry. We haven't talked anything about the scene <laughs> with Niles and Fraser. Yes. Uh, uh, Niles. 
you know, brings up the real reason why they're meeting, uh, which is uh, their father, Martin, uh, has uh, uh, basically uh, gotten to the point where he can no longer live alone because of his hip injury has gotten so bad. Uh, So he, a friend of his found him on the bathroom floor and uh, he couldn't get up. And, uh, and so Niles asks Frazier if he can uh, take him in because Niles is married to Maris and we should definitely talk about Maris very quickly. Kind of Maris episode. Yeah. Uh, Maris is Niles, uh, is his unseen wife. You never Mm -hmm. see Maris. Sorry to spoil that for anyone, but that is like, that becomes clear very early on in the, in the series that you're never going to see. You have to double down on that. You know what I mean? Like, it would make no sense if they eventually showed her. I, wasn't sure if they ever would, but that is oh, that a fun awful. part of watching the show. Though, yeah, and I will say this: uh, similarities between Cheers and Frasier. Cheers had an unseen character too, Norm's wife Vera. So that okay. was like, but Vera was pretty much as polar opposite yeah. as you can get. Like blue collar, very large woman, yeah. brash, brassy. Maris yeah. is impossibly slight. Well, that's the other thing. The way they paint her is impossible to cast. Yeah. You couldn't. Not yeah. even just in her physicality, which is that it's like there's references to her hiding behind poles because she's so skinny and uh, pale as a ghost. I always kind of pictured her almost like one of those greys, like the aliens that abduct people. <laughs> like, just, Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just like kind hairless. Of like, yeah. yeah, just hairless and like big eyes yes. and just like gray skin. Oh, my skin. God, that's so yeah. funny. I pictured um, Lilith, but much, much, much smaller. Oh, and they and they talk definitely talk about similarities between Lilith. So uh, if if you're listening to this and you've never uh, watched Frasier before, I'm so sorry. This is... Pr- There's a we, lot of spoilers. It's, it's, it's a lot of spoilers, but also we haven't really been tr- uh, tailoring this, yeah. this podcast for you. But To be fair, if you're like... <laughs> If you're, like, not sure about watching Frasier and you don't know if you're ready to dive in and you need to listen to a podcast yeah. about Frasier <laughs> first to decide, just, I can't just help do it. you. Just, yeah, do it. just watch Frasier. But, yeah, but Lillis is uh, is Frasier's uh, ex-wife, and mm-hmm. she was – Lillis was a regular on Cheers as well. The only person kind of that was brought regularly over from Cheers, and she's played by Tony Winner and absolute – Icon BB Newers. Yeah. Just fucking She's phenomenal. the best. So, but yeah, so then they often do compare Lillis and Maris in that way. So, uh, so back to uh, the pilot, um, Niles and Mar- uh, Niles can't take Martin in because Martin and Maris hate each other. And it is implied, and they talk about this, that everyone hates Maris. <laughs> and the Fraser has a great line because uh, Miles says, but, but you like my Maris. And Fraser <laughs> says, I like her from a distance. Maris is like the sun. <laughs> yeah. But without, without the, the warmth. Yeah. What a good fucking Even kicker that, of a just line. Just like a little yeah. tight joke joke. Yeah. It's a um, joke. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I think the fact that Niles loves Maris is a real, really, it's in, it endears you to him pretty quickly because mm-hmm. he is a bit of a dick, and he is a bit standoffish yeah. with everyone else, but um, yeah. he's a caretaker. Like yeah. he, and Maris the, is implied to have like many health issues and yes. like be weight obsessed, and she's always like he basically needs to like feed her pills and medicate yeah. her, and he's basically Florence Nightingale. And, and since we're not doing this sh- uh, linearly mm-hmm. at all, just and if you were listening, you're like, are they going to do episode two next? No, we're going to jump around based on what our guests want to do, based on what we want to do. Based on whims, so we can talk about stuff that happens later. So obviously, the big fucking plot mm-hmm. for Niles is him falling in love with Daphne. Mm-hmm. 
which is so fucking great. Yeah, oh, they nailed it. It's so fucking great. But w- w- let's let's intro Daphne first. Okay. And let's mar- intro Martin first. Okay. So then we move to, so Fraser agrees to take their dad Martin in, despite them never having been close. Um, That's right. I really, really want to just quickly mention another joke in that scene where um, Niles is essentially guilting Fraser into taking Martin and... He's reading a pamphlet for a home, for a nursing home. Yeah. And uh, Niles says, uh, the slogan is, we care so you don't have to. And Frazier says, it doesn't really say that, does it? And he goes, no, but it might as well. Uh, it's so fucking funny It's and so smart. good. And yeah. it's so well delivered, too, uh, by by David Hyde Pierce. Indeed. Um, yeah. So, and then then we're intro to Frazier's apartment, which we have to talk about because this, this is fucking bullshit thing to say but the 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 apartment is another character yeah like it is so fucking crucial it is one just an amazing set mm-hmm. it's got this truly spectacular impossible literally impossible view of seattle yeah you would uh they've uh, pinpointed as having been in the bay. You have to be oh, on really? the water to get That's that so photo. Funny. It's a per- perfect view of the Seattle skyline. Um, but then, uh, and, they, and also they actually talk about how uh, it's decorated. Yeah. The apartment is decorated. So it's in the French eclectic style, which is the concept of basically high, a bunch of high concept or a bunch of uh, uh, high quality items, despite not being from the same style or collection or even century the fact that they're just good means they work together. So he has a uh, a reproduction of a, a Chanel, a Coco mm-hmm. Chanel, uh, like a couch, uh, and a, a few others. I don't know anything about interior design, so they've just passed me by. But there are jokes about it. They make jokes about <laughs> these different well. kinds of <laughs> interior designers. Like, um, yeah, they they do actually talk about the design yeah. in the first episode. Yeah. Um, and I think that's relevant for a number of reasons, but one being that, uh, yes, yeah, so, so eclectic meaning any any high art, can, any piece that's valuable and looks good can go together. Uh, Martin ends up moving in his really shitty, old, decrepit sofa. Looks comfy as hell, though. Looks comfy as hell. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Snaps right back at Fraser when Fraser mentions that it doesn't go with the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know it's eclectic. So we meet Martin. Uh, Martin arrives. Uh, he ha- uh, he's walking with a cane. Um, has a very pronounced hobble, um, and he's just kind of miserable from the start. Super bitter. Super bitter. That was the only thing that I. I was like, all of these characters are pretty much as they were. I- of course, they evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but only in ways that you'd have to like watch the show to understand yeah. how they evolved. Uh, but just in terms of their manner, their demeanor, um, he changes quite a bit. Martin does. He's um, yeah. He's a little more. He's a little bitter and a little. Uh, he's always but like cutting, but he's a bit mean he's and mean. sad. He's yeah. he's sad. He's yeah. very sad. And they and uh, I agree. This wasn't what I was talking about earlier when I said there was one specific thing that I'm like, oh, I forgot about that because. I remembered, but uh, I remember him being like this. But this is because literally the first his first, he has an arc in mm-hmm. the first season is him being is him because he's sad about two things in his life, which is the death of his mm-hmm. his wife and being shot. So we haven't talked about the fact that he was a policeman, right? So he is a retired uh, police officer. Actually, uh, David Lee, uh, the writer, it's based on his father, oh, who's really? a San Francisco police officer. That's awesome. So it was exactly like him, really. Apparently, yeah. Oh, he's 
feels so fully realized and mm-hmm. seems like a real person. Yeah, and 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 he really is. But you can also really see how Fraser and Niles could come from from this guy too, because yeah. they get that kind of cutting uh, sense of humor and that you know stubbornness, stubborn, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, and they have pol- they're not always politically or artistically aligned, but whatever they feel and think is very much you know, the only thing to think and feel. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's introed like this, um, uh, brings in the chair, brings in the dog, Eddie. Eddie. It's really cute. He's it's so a really, cute. the dog's cute. You know what? Like it was a good, it was a good choice to have a yeah, dog. Probably made their lives move. a living That's hell. That's the thing. It's a huge move, right? And they have them, that dog in every goddamn episode. He's doing every episode. Stuff. Doing like stuff you need to train him to do. Mm-hmm. It must have, I mean, like it was a sitcom on NBC in the '90s and 2000s. They had the resources. Oh, it was the budget was there for <laughs> yeah. sure. But God, if I ever get a show on the air, dog free, no fucking animals, zero. Yeah, not even none. on set. No, not even in the surrounding area. You're not. We're if, gonna hunt. If you're, yeah, if you're an actor <laughs> on one of my shows, you can't have a fucking pet. <laughs> no, you can't even look like an animal. Yeah, very hairless. <laughs> you look like a baboon. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. From from here, is it back to the um, um, back to the radio? No, from here it's back to Niles. Do we meet Daphne? No, because okay. they have to talk. So he Fraser goes That's back right. to meet with Niles again at at the Cafe Nervosa. Um, uh, Niles brings up the idea of getting a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. So because Fraser has is has to, has had to change his life too much. Yes, yeah, so Fraser is already uh, really overwhelmed with Martin's being there, and, and that's what and he's his new life explaining too, to Niles. He just yeah. moved to Seattle. That's right. So. He's just adjusting, and so uh, Niles offers to take some of the burden, but in fact, just means getting a physical live-in therapist, or rather, not live-in, but just a physical therapist. Uh, we can probably kind of move through, get, yeah. get quickly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. basically, uh, we go back to the apartment, and it's implied that they've met a few people already. Yeah, uh, and then Martin hates them all. Martin hates them all. Uh, this is when we meet Daphne, mm-hmm. who uh, compliments Martin's chair, which is a really awesome, quick, easy way to get them to be simpatico and, yeah. and uh, you know, to make it so that Martin likes her. She is uh, from Manchester. She thinks she's um, psychic. We get a lot of Daphne that was, really quickly. That was my yeah. thing. I forgot. I have... Because I know they, they keep with that kind of for the series. Yeah. They really tone it down from the start. I'm 100%. gonna be honest. I don't like it. I find it quirky. Yeah. I, it's not. It's not even hacky. Yeah. I find it quirky for quirk's sake. Yeah. I mean, but here's the here's the funny thing with uh, Daphne being psychic is there's like at least one moment in the show where the show implies that she is. Oh, she's uh, no, she's psychic. Yeah. Like she's 100 percent psychic. <laughs> Which lives in a different world than the rest of Frasier, for yeah, sure. Yeah. But, but I, I do like because uh, one of my favorite sitcoms uh, of the you know the last decade is Happy Endings. I don't know if I you've watched it. I fucking love Happy Endings. Yeah. So Happy Endings, uh, and basically think, it sorry. is implied that Jane can do magic. It is <laughs> yeah, basically applied. But she moves yeah. really quickly around the yeah, room. Yeah. Yeah. So it is there are these so I, I do like these like really like subtle implications that there is magic in these yeah. like perfectly normal worlds. But happy endings is super heightened generally. Happy endings is a, it it's not as meta. And I I think happy endings fits into a lot of what we've talked about that yeah. it is not a meta show. It is more of an old style show yeah. in these ways. But we should uh, start a happy endings oh podcast. God. Um, so anyways, we meet Daphne 
and uh, Fraser takes it to her right away. Uh, she goes to hide in the washroom so that Fraser and Martin can have a conversation about whether or not to hire her. And um, uh, Fraser does not like her at all, which is fun to see because he comes to love her. How could you not? Uh, and Martin pretty much says it's her or nobody. Uh, and then we find out that she can only work there if she's living. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just realizing that I might have been with the kids when, when the Niles Daphne meeting happens. Does it happen right? It doesn't happen in this episode. It doesn't happen in this episode. Nope. That's Niles bananas. Are, that's bananas because uh, Niles was meant to be a less important character. It was because uh, David Hyde Pierce was so fucking good so that they bumped him up. Well, it's funny because I was going to say, uh, part of what was fun about watching this episode for me was seeing a Niles pre-Daphne. Like, yeah. was seeing a version of Niles that wasn't consumed by her because... Yeah, as soon as they meet, yeah. they have chemistry and a connection. And, like, I mean, Niles is a fantastic, layered, crazy, interesting, funny character outside of loving Daphne, but it's sure. a huge, huge part of his shit. It basically becomes his character. Yeah. But, yeah... So from uh, so from here, Fraser's like, I'm sorry, this is not going to work out. You can't live here. And then he and Martin get in a, a fight. Mm-hmm. And basically the laugh stopped for about yeah. three minutes. Yeah. Which for early 90s, that's weird. Yeah. This is, and this is the thing, I think this is what shows it to be a really modern show. For sure. I might be wrong, but I think they even leave the scene without a laugh. Like, yeah. It's not, you know, like sometimes they'll have a dramatic scene and mm-hmm. one little quirky, cute thing yeah. will happen. I don't, I don't think they do that. No, I think it, they it, just leave. It just moves on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a brutal fight. Yeah. It's a really like fucking, like they, they lay it out. Like, yeah. And this is where we find out that, uh, Martin was shot mm-hmm. on, on duty. Uh, we don't talk about the mom at mm-hmm. all, but that comes later. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you basically, you see why he's so sad. Yeah. And so miserable. Um, so I guess, I mean, the Fraser-Martin relationship, like, you do get a, a good sense of it, episode one. Um, they're very different. Uh, Niles is blue-collar. Fraser's, you know, not. Martin is blue-collar. What did I, uh, you Mar- said Niles. Martin is blue-collar. Um, <laughs> Fraser is not. But it's, they, they've just, like, they seem to have had a really distant relationship the whole time they grew up. And now, Martin is feeling like a burden to him, which is, like, yeah. a very, very sad, real thing that happens all mm-hmm. the time in the world yeah. that is, of course, never addressed in sitcoms normally because no. it's too sad, but it, it's it, very real. It, it's sad and it's about old people. And exactly. Who, who wants to watch who a show about old people? Who wants to even look at them? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a real thing he's going through and Fraser has to bear the burden of taking care of his father. And it's implied that, you know, he basically says you're doing this out of guilt and Fraser sort of concedes that he is. Yeah. And, um, he says, like, absolutely, I'm doing this out of yeah, cult. It's yeah, it's real as hell. It's re- Yeah, it's really real. And then from here we go to uh, another radio scene. Uh, Linda Hamilton calls in. Oh, no, she calls in later and doesn't matter. It's when Linda <laughs> Hamilton calls in. We were we'll have a Linda Hamilton before. episode and yeah. get to it. <laughs> uh, tune into the Linda Hamilton cast to find <laughs> out more about this. Uh, so Fraser is uh, complaining to Roz about how basically his life is ruined now. Because he's Frasier. Yeah. He's a fundamentally selfish person. He's an extremely selfish person. Which is funny because he has a kid, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Well, and we'll get into yeah. to Frederick uh, when he Oops. appears. But uh, yeah, so, and then uh, Roz tells this, the, the Lupe Valdez story. Lupe Valdez is a uh, Hollywood uh, silent and then early talkies actress uh, who wished to be immortalized forever. And uh, she ends up uh, dying uh, in a toilet. Yeah, so her career was waning and she 
thought she would go out with one last elegant bang, um, which was that she wanted to be found. She having killed herself, like dressed up beautifully in bed with like, I don't, she didn't say flowers all around her, but it's implied. Uh, but sh- the cocktail sh- she took uh, doesn't sit well with her. So she ends up running to the bathroom, falling in the toilet. That That's how they find her instead yeah. of immortalized in beauty. Yeah. Um, and the point of the story is that, you know, she just wanted to be remembered and immortalized, and that is a that is what happened. Yeah, not like, the way she imagined. Not it the way she imagined it, but uh, that's a, like a pretty bleak story. For, bleak as heck. Yeah, Suicide episode yeah, one. But, but a very but a very raw story too. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So then um, uh, we go into the air, and uh, Martin calls Fraser. Mm-hmm. Uh, he calls in, and they talk about their problems mm-hmm. on air, and it's. Very sweet. It's compelling as heck. It's really good, really <laughs> fucking great voice performance by John yes. Mahoney. Just, just as as the caller, we never cut to him. It's yeah, all just it's his all voice. voice. That's right. Yeah. Alex like watched me watch this scene. Like mm-hmm. he was so excited for me to see it because he loved it so much. It's such a good. Scene. It's beautifully done, and it's also you know when he called Ross says. There's a man calling who like is Martin not getting along with yeah. his, but you don't initially realize it's Martin. Right? I don't. Until, I don't think they've ever said his name is Martin. Right. Yeah. So. Um. So it's it's beautiful. It's uh, a great scene. They work out their. They don't finalize their problems, but they come to an understanding. Yeah. They apologize and thank each other. They do. Um. Because that's what they both wanted. Yeah. An, Martin wanted Fraser to apologize, and mm-hmm. uh, Fraser wanted Martin to you know, be grateful for him, so. Yeah, and of, of course their differences are, like, a huge arc in the series, so there's only so much they can resolve anyways. Yeah, but but we what gets resolved from that is, uh, and then Linda Hamilton calls. I don't even really remember what the point of that is. Oh, yeah, because he mentions Lupe Valdez again, cause he, okay. and, and he's, like, sort of, like, smiling, so you know that, like, something's happening. And then we get the post-credit, like, the credit scene where we hear the blues calling, toss out and scrambled eggs, that. They will call again. Yeah, mm-hmm. call them again. Mercy. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, and it is uh, Frasier. Uh, so Daphne's now moved in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin watching TV and Eddie won't stop staring at Frasier. That's right. That was introduced earlier. That was introduced earlier in Frasier the episode. Frasier is not a fan of Eddie. He thinks he's creepy because he watches him. And yeah. there you go. We've found another. Th- wait, wait. It's still implied that they've got a lot of uh, catching up to do and oh, a lot yeah. of figuring out to do. Yeah. And uh, 11 seasons worse, I'm afraid. <laughs> Though, actually, <laughs> I would say crap. that's not true at all because basically Martin is saintly after, yeah. like, season five. Season five. Maybe even say. sooner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And and Martin, yeah. I would say I, I was watching some season three stuff earlier because mm-hmm. I think that's where it's about the best for me. Okay. Uh, and it's just like... Yeah, already by this point, everyone is so settled in. Like, the Daphne Nile stuff is yeah. still has a few more seasons left. But uh, by that point, it's just like, we all love these people. Yeah. God, I'm excited to talk more about the, the trajectories of relationships, like mm-hmm. Ross Frazier stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would love to soon do the episode where uh, Martin takes Frazier and Niles to eat at that restaurant that they're making fun of. And then we learn a bit more about the mother. There's just so much. There, Yeah. there There's a few episodes that I'm really excited for. That's one. Um the one where Frazier throws out the chair mm. is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the ski lodge episode, yes. which I think is one of the best 100%. episodes of sitcom ever. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, there's a bunch. We're gonna we're gonna get some guests in. Heck yeah. yes. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited. I'm excited too. I'm probably gonna go watch Frazier tonight. Uh, I probably will too. 
Right so, on. Uh, so thank you uh, for tuning in to your listening, <laughs> the Fraser podcast. Uh, it's been an absolute delight uh, talking about our lovable uh, favorite uh, sitcom from the 90s. My favorite Freudian. My, definitely my favorite Freudian, yeah. too. And number two, Sigmund Freud. No. <laughs> number three, your dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I've, uh, I've been uh, Nicholas Tristan. I've been Laura Lebo. And uh, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time.